You know what my mother used to call me? Dangerous. You're a dangerous girl. She was right. I am dangerous. everybody and welcome back to the whole movie podcast the neon demon edition and you guys don't know out there that it's been a minute since we recorded but it has been a minute since we recorded and i am so happy to be back with my co-hosts today Hmm. I am Roxanne Hadati. <laughs> I'm also happy to be here uh i am a film critic and writer and I am speaking to you here from Cicada Ground Zero. Oh, Maryland. yeah. And William, reintroduce yourself to the people. I'm William O. Tyler, and I'm a comic artist slash critic. Um, and I host a Twitch show, weekly Twitch show, Cinephilia, through Perception Studio. And we are gathered for this episode. We are coming off I Am a Ghost um the you know the real the the abby lee centerpiece episode and we are moving into beauty isn't everything it's the only thing and this episode will feature the runway this episode will feature a conversation about the fashion show the runway scene the triangles the triangles and the, the full triangles. demon turn really of jesse but also kind of like compared to the episodes we've done previously, kind of a lot kind and in so much insofar as a lot happens at any point in Neon Demon, kind of a lot has happened in the last movie since the, the previous scene we discussed. There isn't really such a gap. We we've had uh, Jesse have a strange encounter in her uh, hotel, her motel room, like the breathing walls, the very like. Uh, out of reality kind of horror aspect of this movie. We've had the confrontation between um sad boyfriend and Keanu Reeves with Keanu Reeves trying to like pitch like pimp out like a literally like a 13 year old girl to him we've had we've had a lot kind of going on that like Jesse's come out of the ghosty she's feeling very victorious in that we've gotten a little look at Jenna Malone in the morgue that's hinting at we'll see her in the morgue again later when she's doing unspeakable things to a dead body <laughs> and that will that we are we you know all to kind of further destabilize us and and build out this world of horrors a bit more to bring us to the point of the fashion show and being backstage it's a lot it's a lot that gets us there and I think you know I will say the one thing that I really like about all of the weird hotel room Keanu stuff mm -hmm. is I feel like it reiterates the idea that this is a fairy tale yeah and there is like a very strong sense of danger mm -hmm. in every fairy tale and I always liked the idea of her being forced to swallow the knife that Keanu is like putting down her throat. Oh. Obviously very like oral sex, sexual assault sort mm -hmm. of stuff happening there. But I do also like the idea of that just being like a sort of threat or a sort of violence 
that indicates what's coming next and what she is like forcing herself to accept Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I always really liked that idea I mean it's very like basic college freshman psychology but this (laughs) idea of like you know you create what you're anticipating to happen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think like so much of the Keanu stuff feels like this very tangible threat in a place where she should be protected Mm -hmm. and she's not like i don't know if there's anywhere where she really is safe right there's no safe space for jesse space and then you could maybe argue that the catwalk is like a safe space and that she is like in control Mm. But then it becomes a place of transformation. Mm-hmm. And I think who, you know, who she was when she steps onto it is not who she is when she's finished with that walk. Yes. Yes. So I don't know. But I feel like, William, your background this whole time has been <laughs> Jesse on the catwalk. And I would love your thoughts on this scene. Well, I agree with you. I feel like it, it definitely, all this stuff leading up to it, um, puts us in a position to just be very uncomfortable um, uh, and not really in a place of, along with what Jesse's going through, not really in a place of um, enjoyment. Like mm-hmm. you're out here in the hardships um, and we kind of just like us watching the movie, we have all this hardship in the world and we use movies as an escapism um, mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, have a break from that. And I think that that Jesse being on this catwalk um, ends up, she ends up falling head over heels. She's already been falling head over heels for the neon demon, but yeah. she ends up falling even harder because this is the point of happiness. Everything that she's been through has been for this. Yeah. And she's finally getting it. And when she sees that neon demon color change, it's red. Um, and it, it, absolutely encapsulates her and when we see her for the first time after Mm -hmm. um the catwalk like you said it's a transformation she's a completely different person um and i think that normally that would be a hard sell um for an audience just to see that that quick change so drastically but it fits in this movie it feels perfectly natural for her character um it, it, it just fits in <laughs> it there are those little like the there it's such a the, it's so instructive for what we're what we're gonna see coming out the other side of the catwalk when we see jesse in the like the green room space before like in the prep area before the fashion show starts because she gets first of all she has her like confrontation with G, with Gigi. jesse what are you doing here and this is the first like she's she's gotten her barbs in at Gigi to this point just quietly and hit her hit her in the ways where hit her in the spots where it hurts the most and now she's on what is theoretically Gigi's terrain she's theoretically on Gigi's turf here she's at the fashion show she didn't have to audition she just gets invited I bet they made you do the casting I didn't have to I just come in and choose what I want to wear 
this is she's she's the interloper here in the mind of Gigi. And yeah. so Gigi walks in and we see we get that great tracking shot of her like amazing face as she's moving around the backstage area. Again, Refn making the, the scene look so much more expensive than it actually is. And then Gigi comes upon Jesse and Jesse's in her chair, which we don't learn until like after this whole contentious exchange. And but like where Jesse would have kind of demurred before, even if she was going to kind of like drop a bomb of an insult on Gigi, she's a little more forward now. She's like, you know, oh, you're here, you're in this show. She's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, really? Wow, I didn't. She's like, yes. She's like ready. She's knives out at this point. Jesse, right. Jesse's going knives out at Gigi. The octave drop. Like yep. her voice yeah. drops that like sort of fake princessy, cutesy, mm-hmm. how the fuck old am I yeah. type of thing. And it becomes something more, I'm not dealing with your bullshit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, fuck you, Gigi. Like, I'm yeah. in the chair now. And they have this great, again, with the, the mirror work in this movie, they have this great exchange. You see one side of Gigi in the mirror where she has the makeup on the mirror-facing side. And I think Elle is bare-faced on the, on the mirror-facing side. And so you're seeing, like, you're seeing the bionic woman and her synthetic self versus like the pureness that the pureness and naturalness of Jesse's beauty. And they're having their little tete-a-tete. And, it, and, you know, at this point, Gigi feels like she's, you know, she's had her shield taken from her. So she kind of tries to get a little barb in and she's like, that's my chair. Like, okay, well, this is like power play, get out of my throne kind of thing. And Jesse's like, yeah. okay, whatever. Well, then Jesse gets up and finds out. She finds out that she's last look. She is the centerpiece. And there's that. It's one of my favorite moments in the entire movie because this movie just operates in little micro performances where you get Elle making that little face of self-satisfaction and kind of like swaying her shoulders (laughs) a little bit and and just grinning ever so slightly. She knows in that same way that like when she's in the go see and she realizes the way that Sarno is reacting to her and she just knows. And you see that like confident move of her shoulders and her chin as Abby Lee just has a single tear rolling down her face because everybody's anybody's victory, any Jesse victory comes at the cost of some other woman in this movie, some other person. But like we see that she is embracing those costs more and more as it goes on. And not only is she willing to suffer further horrors to get farther, like the knife with Keanu, like, like literal bloodshed in, in moments where she's in the bathroom, she breaks her hand on the glass. Then she breaks her hand on more glass when she's back in the motel room and like fake boyfriend is like stitching up her hand, fucking gnarly cut. Like she is at every turn saying, yes, it's worth it. Yes, it's worth it. Until she gets on that runway and she gets her payoff. Yes, it's worth it. And yes, I deserve it. Yeah. Girl boss. Yeah. I think think those two things go together. Because it's like, you can say, yes, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes like a toll you take onto yourself. Mm -hmm. And something that like you pay out. And like mm-hmm. you put forth the effort for totally, but that sense of like I deserve it is I think we're seeing that shift of her being like, no, like I should have these things. Like yeah. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's very much you know like that more guttural like yeah I'm here. Mm-hmm. I think is part of that transformation. And yeah, like this is very much a scene I think where all of that precursor stuff then adds up to when she's in the triangle you're mm-hmm. like oh that's what happened. 
Of course this would happen. Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't she come out of this changed? Um, And I think the thing that I have always wondered is like, is, and this might be, you know, too metaphorical or maybe Refn addresses this in the commentary or whatever, but like, is Jesse the neon demon? I think, I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say like, is it, so is it a thing that exists that then possesses her and Mm. she becomes it Mm -hmm. or on the catwalk in that moment in the triangle as the light goes from like blue to purple to red as she becomes suffused with it like is she the neon demon as something that is just herself Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm like articulating that well but like is it an entity that existed without her and like she just becomes it Mm -hmm. or does she basically like will her own transformation right and i don't know i can't i can't tell which one it is i feel like it's both i feel like it's all of the above Um, okay because the, the and of course Refn is is the type that's going to let you make your own decision about that right anyway. right um, yeah. but I I think that the neon demon can stand for for fame mm-hmm. um, it, it literally is just Jesse and I, I think it's funny that you said um, uh, being metaphorical um, because this scene is like the most avant-garde scene of the whole movie with her in that triangle mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. literal like some of the the rest of the movie um, and so it's it's all symbolic, and I think that the neon demon can can stand for fame or whatever it is that that gets that drives people. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically for Jesse, it's that that she wants to be the center of attention. She wants all the eyes on her, mm-hmm. um, and being the last look on a catwalk, literally all the eyes in the room are on her, and mm-hmm. she is finally in that moment. It's not like being on a photo shoot where there are a couple of eyes mm-hmm. um, or the camera is capturing her. She's, you know, live in person in a room where everyone is centering on her. Um, just like how she was looking at the, the bondage scene earlier yeah. in the movie. She is now in that bondage position um, and the neon demon captures her. I think that that it would capture a lot of girls may not capture everyone but right. i think a lot of the girls that go into the industry um looking for the same thing that jesse's looking for so it, it works on it works on jesse specifically personally but mm-hmm. it also works in general like it can exist without jesse as well I well think. i think i, I okay, think that so yeah <laughs> maybe maybe jordan and i have the same question so have Gigi and sarah been caught by the neon demon before and, and now I, like see, cast I would aside. Say, I would say no. Because I, I think it no I think it's a thing where like it, it doesn't necessarily like if it's like an external kind of force thing, mm-hmm. or at least the suggestion of one, I think it it doesn't lack it doesn't catch to every host. Like it's like, can you handle it? Like yes. can can you can you accommodate? the power that this brings with it. And maybe it's something that like you, everybody feels the pull of it. Everybody feels the temptation to it and everybody wills themselves in a direction toward making themselves more suitable to become it. 
Mm-hmm. And so they become versions of what the demon is or the demon desires. And so therefore they become more similar to it. But I mm-hmm. don't think everyone who passes through the portal necessarily comes out the other side imbued with its, I don't know, like power or imbued mm-hmm. with yeah. its its qualities to like draw the world to you, but it, it gets you close enough to it in going through that portal to keep chasing it. And in the, in the desire to continue pursuing it, you know, you haven't gotten it yet. And whereas Jesse, when she comes out of, when she walks through that beaded curtain and she's got her nighttime outfit on. <laughs> she's got her Best going out from outfit on. Express. She's got a going out top on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's got a going out top on. She knows that the the pursuit of that is is over, and mm-hmm. she is now. I think she knows she's in it. Yeah. I think she knows she's arrived, and it mm-hmm. seems like she'll want to cling to it. She'll want to maintain it, but that like kind of desperation that we feel coming off of Gigi and Sarah, that hunger, the hunger in that way is satisfied, but they continue to hunger for her. Yeah. Okay. I laughed because when you said, can they handle it? I just thought of Tom Hardy and Venom. And I thought like, <laughs> I don't know. Can they? Like, exactly. <laughs> it consume, it could consume. Well, much like the way that like we see, um, we see Gigi become an unsuitable host. We see Gigi trying to, like, outside of protocols, kind of. Like, we see Gigi trying to steal the magic of what the the demon gives. And the payment for that is death. Like, Mm -hmm. you can can chase it. you You can desire it. But if you try to, like, appropriate it, if you try to steal it, your disingenuous vessel your false vessel will reject it and and you will fully fucking die um whereas sarah she like she's she's like uh, she's she's like just such that maybe she went about it through the wrong channels but it was like well in the end you are worthy i think that's fair i also sort of think then again that brings forth and maybe talk about this later but i've always wondered if gina malone dies at the end i have a very different reading i'm i'm ready we're jumping but ahead but whatever but sh- yeah should we be talking about this one this i feel episode, like let's, or? Like, like we should no, we should, should we hold it yeah we should hold on okay. this, this is we for should, another episode. So this, yeah but like no okay. ladies and gentlemen that this is what's coming because this is a crucial question yeah this is a crucial yeah. question but like when we see so like that 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 runway scene is long it's like the like this is a movie that lives in its scenes and like lets them breathe this one is a long scene yeah and at first i love that at first like prepared and and as she thinks she is there's still like a moment of terror in -hmm. her eyes when she seems confronted with the possibility of becoming and it's like oh whoa and then like, and then like it, 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 you know, there's this like transformative experience, just like it's all being sold. Like there's no physical transformation. It's all being sold on Elle Fanning's face and in the lighting and her surrounded by mirrors and triangles. And I think her body positioning too. Yeah. 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 Th- this is all, this is all in performance. Mm-hmm. It's all in camera. And mm-hmm. it like, it culminates in Elle kissing her own reflection on the mirror next to her head. I love it so much. <laughs> like, how about that, guys? How about that? 
Well, if you're gonna worship beauty, you might as well worship yourself. Exactly. I mean, is there anything is there anything more narcissistic than the celebration of narcissism? Well, and who else has she been affectionate toward? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think she's capable of sexual attraction or yeah. love or affection or whatever i mean all of her relationships are very transactional as uh-huh. we've seen and she's very aware of what her beauty can get her mm-hmm. and we've also discussed that like she has seemed irritated by when people want more from her mm-hmm. like i think her implication is like well you're close to me and you get to see me like is yeah. that enough yeah she does it with the photographer boyfriend she does it with gina malone she does it with ruby Mm -hmm. you know so i think that there very much is this sense of like my presence should be (laughs) i'm thinking of the kanye line which is like my presence is the present my presence is the present yeah yeah like i feel like there's a lot of that happening so in terms then of like who does she actually then bestow the kiss upon mm-hmm. it's herself if we're talking mm-hmm. fairy tale terminology yeah. yeah who woke up the princess she woke up herself uh-huh. so i think that there's a lot of it. that there's a lot of that stuff that's really interesting in that scene and that she is both the prey and the huntress mm-hmm. like she is doing the pursuing and she is the pursuit like and in terms of that triangle and in terms of duplication and all of that stuff like she magnifies right she becomes everything Mm -hmm. um and i just think it's i don't know i just really i just love it i love that i love that (laughs) in the sense of just thinking in terms of like the only like erotic response jesse has to anything is to herself when she's Mm -hmm. fully been realized as like a chosen one she's like oh my god i'm so fucking turned on right now for the first time ever and it's me incredibly hot (laughs) yeah Yeah. i love that yeah that's very much what that scene is (laughs) how about it william the 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 self the self kiss um obviously i love it uh i I just think that there's there's some sort of um because we've been talking about all of the uh monstrous sides of this movie Mm -hmm. um and there's something very uh Wiccan or witchcraftian mm-hmm. um, yes. about having her with two, um, so you get the three by three that right. comes up in, in witchcraft, and it's it's just some sort of um, it's like she's her own coven, like this other uh, she's this other a coven, coven unto herself. This mm-hmm. other coven has been trying to sway her into them, mm-hmm. um, and you know she kind of dismisses them and ends up getting it because of that um, in the end, but. But in this moment, she's her own coven. She doesn't need anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, she only relates to herself. Um, and, and, you know, just the whole, the idea that this whole movie is shot through mirrors, with mirrors, around mirrors. And then this scene is just her and mirrors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And lighting. And it's, it's just, it, it is really the centerpiece of the whole movie. It kind of encapsulates what the whole movie is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it is the, because he, as, as reference says it in like, you know, scenes ago, it's a, not just a celebration, it's a ceremonial celebration of yeah. narcissism. And we have worked sort of up to the grand, it's like, it's almost like thinking of like a, a prep, a, a bridal preparation in, in like an elaborate sort of 
wedding ceremony, like the way the girl is prepared to be offered to the, the, the thing, the, the patriarchal force, what have you, like all of this has been her grand preparation to be presented on the altar to this thing. And the pinnacle, the pinnacle of achievement is simply her. It is simply like the, the most erotic, fabulous, powerful thing she could imagine being in that moment is just herself with everyone looking at her and and agreeing on that and knowing it too and knowing that like the you know the sort of like the the adage of like girls dress for girls and undress for boys kind of thing like she's been dressing for the girls this entire this entire movie like the men they want to they want to undress her but only to see her as like a kind of like object of fascination there's just yeah. nothing like even in the way that like Keanu the way he talks to um photographer boy about like I got a girl I got a runaway from Ohio upstairs like real low leadership real low leadership like this it's just this cold presentation of like meat for pleasure but nothing about it like it's almost it's almost clinical it's yeah, sterile no behind those lines. yeah it, it's it's sterile in its presentation of it's of the, sex and gratification in that way the rough and way man yeah i mean your bodies are utility like mm-hmm. that's essentially so much of what this is and so i feel like that's why the catwalk scene is so interesting because we are obviously marveling at her beauty in this moment like mm-hmm. in a purely superficial way like she's beautiful she's symmetrical she's symmetrical bone, <laughs> you know like she's hitting all of those like high fashion yeah notes and then in terms of like what that moment becomes for her in terms of utility mm-hmm. yeah i think williams's point of like she's becoming her own coven like in Wiccan terms there's like the cone of power Mm. like this catwalk in and of itself serves as like a cone of power that Mm. is imbuing her with and so I think there's a lot to this scene in terms of like her leveling upward yeah Yeah. which then makes what happens later so interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) in terms of like if she had allies would that have furthered her power amplified her power whatever um but i think in this moment there very much is this like celebration of how beautiful she is and this indication of like well now that that's settled like Mm -hmm. now that everybody knows she's beautiful like like what's next after that Mm -hmm. and then i think like her assuming this power is then obviously like what seems like it sets everybody else off Mm -hmm. right because this is obviously a turning point for her Mm -hmm. but i think it's also a turning point in like what ruby and Gigi and sarah decide they need to do about it too Mm -hmm. and i think you can't really talk about one without talking about the other so i think it's like it's very interesting that like jesse is essentially like coveting herself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they are also all coveting her as well so i don't know i don't know do you guys feel like this then invites like do you feel like this then turns everybody into going from like feeling competitive toward her to then feeling like she's a threat they need to eliminate like is this that moment 
I don't think so. Mm, only, okay. only because I think that the movie sets up very well Jesse having some sort of confrontation with each person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that each of those moments is what that is for that person. Mm. I think that this is. Um, I mean, if we look at you know, we had the the Jesse Sarah moment already, and we're gonna have right. the Jesse um, Gigi moment. Yeah, like we think uh, well, th- we've this, had the Jesse kind of... Gigi moment, but we're really about to have the Jesse yeah, Gigi yeah, moment. Yeah, exactly. It, it happens like before and after the catwalk. Yeah, um, she just the, fucking the destroys. Get like she in concert with Sarno just fucking destroys Gigi. Oh, okay. Anything worth having hurts a little. Besides, nobody likes the way they look. I do. Okay, but, but this moment feels like. Um, this is the moment where we have the Jesse Jesse moment. Um, yeah. This is, mm-hmm. this is, and I think of it, I guess, like a, cause I'm an introvert. Um, and I think of what it would be like to have all of this power where, cause I'm, I'm actually not sure up until this point, whether I would consider Jesse an introvert or an extrovert because mm. she is not very That's interesting. social. She's, yeah. she's everything she's doing is for, for work and for, you know, becoming who she wants to become yeah but she isn't we don't see her hanging out even when she's at the party with the girls earlier yeah she's very uncomfortable um and she's kind of like just there to figure out how she needs to navigate yeah so i almost feel like i would consider her an introvert it's like a reluctant um, networker yeah this point. <laughs> like but i'll then, talk to you but i I don't like it. But, I, <laughs> yeah. but that, makes, that makes the power that she's gaining in this moment even stronger because here she is um, standing in front of everyone on a catwalk mm-hmm. and feeling her most self. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where introvert, we usually need to be away from people to be fully like uh, comfortable. Recharged, you know? yeah. Recharged. But she's becoming recharged by um, being the center of attention. So I think that that is such a... A powerful way to look at it um mm-hmm. for me anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> like i can't imagine being in front of all that many people and and feeling like this is where i belong you know? <laughs> 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 but that's how she feels yeah I, that's a really yeah. good point yeah and i just i love how quickly because of how just like like shifting glances everything is kind of up to this point um, I love how we come out of the gate after the catwalk and we're like, mean bitch. Now she's a mean yes. bitch. <laughs> like I yes. fuck, like it, it just like you said, whole, the curtain parts. The curtain and- parts, and it's her whole she hasn't made the face that she makes in that moment the entire movie to that point. Her chin's yeah. kind of tucked down a little. She's like, she's looking at the world like a predator now. Yeah, yeah yeah whereas like she knew she had to like she knew she had to top from the bottom before like she knew she had to <laughs> 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 roxana almost with the spit take on that one <laughs> thank you guys okay all right <laughs> she knew she had to she knew she had to be topping from the bottom before and like let others believe that they had a say over her and the situation such that they would feel comfortable enough or allured enough by her to like give her opportunity except mm-hmm. for christina hendrix who's just like fucking sees through everything and is like a, a jaded bad bitch right. and it's like i'll make you or i'll break you like that's my call and but in in that moment she's like she is she's just straight up topping everybody 
after that from like her point of view like yeah. she knows even at that point that she has like she has sarno kind of in her hand like he has the ability to put her in shows or not but she knows she's kind of won that battle and so when we go to the restaurant afterwards sort of her her only emotional tether to the world being the sort of being the boyfriend up to this point he's still simping for her and you know he in his t-shirt goes to this bar where everybody's like dressed post fashion show I want you to meet my friend, Mrs. Dean. Hi. Your name is Bean? No, Dean. Dean. Dean, yeah. Dean, nice to meet you. And she is just a prowler now. And she comes in, she sees Sarno, she says hello. And obviously Gigi is sitting with Sarno in the booth. And he, like, it is not good enough in that moment for him to like the 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 male, the male fighting confrontation between Sarno and the boyfriend of him being like, boyfriend being like this is all dark and bad and crazy and like this is really mean and Sarno being like well I think that if she wasn't beautiful you wouldn't have even stopped to look and it's not good enough for him in that moment to just it is not sufficient to lionize Jesse in this universe Jesse can only be lifted up sufficiently within the rules of this world by tearing somebody else down. And so he fully like has his bionic woman stand up. He has Gigi stand up. You know, she's just a big rack of beef hanging on a hook. Wait, you stand up so that he can take a look at you. Go on, stand up. And he's like, you know, she's fine. She's fine. She's whatever. Yeah, she's like a six out of ten. Like, yeah, she's know? she's fine. Yeah. She's a yeah. she's an LA five. What do you think? Do you think she's beautiful? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess she's fine. Yes, yes, that's exactly the word that I was looking for. She's fine, right? You can sit down now, thanks. And yeah. she. Side note for that, there the fir- when I first lived in LA, there was it was an earthquake day. It was, it was a fairly sizable one. It was like not one of the 1.0s or 2.0s. It was like a it was, like, it was a larger one. And I saw mm-hmm. one of my favorite tweets ever, where uh, somebody posted feeling the scene by this earthquake because I too am a 5.6 in LA. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and there were all of these amazing responses people being like baby that's a portland 10 like just like being like same here girl like it was it was a wonderful everybody was on the same page feeling be seen by this earthquake and at that like you know at that moment Gigi becomes like an la an la 5.6 yeah she is knocked down for sure yeah yeah she is knocked down and this is somebody who she's not like sarah where Sarah has kind of like Sarah's Sarah's bitter and recognizes her impending obsolescence. Mm-hmm. Gigi has recognized the threat of obsolescence and has taken action to build herself, to yeah. steal herself against yeah. the march of time. You want to know what I had done, don't you? Well, I thought I'd get more work if I went down a cup size. So I looked like a hanger, you know? But then my surgeon, Dr. Andrew, he pointed out a lot of other problems with my body. So I had them shave my jaw. I had a slight eyebrow lift, new nose, cheeks, inner and outer lipo. Oh, and they pinned my ears. Why? So I could wear a ponytail. 
And so she is taken like she isn't, you know, in a way she she hasn't sat on the sidelines and let and let anything stop her. She's been like, I will I will snip and nip and tuck and pull and slice and and scrape to stay in the game to make sure I don't have to audition for the fashion show that I just get invited. And she sees that her efforts at that moment have only bought her some time. They haven't they haven't solved her problem. They've got her on borrowed time. And yeah. she's she in that moment, not like she's been feeling the threat of Jesse and it's been eating away at her more and more. But in that moment, the institution, the system tells her, you're fine. The, the, the holder of the keys just demotes her and that just in a fucking public place in front of God and everyone letting her know <laughs> that like all the all the recoup time you've had, all the convalescing you've done all the blood you have spilled and skin you have piled up next to you. Oh, oh, Jordan, please. Doesn't fucking matter. This is what I'm saying. This is what I am saying. It but was I, all for nothing, Gigi. I would say it's even worse than that. I mean, all for, all for nothing, absolutely. Isn't but, it worse? But, but him saying it's fine um, is, is one thing, which is a, a total gut punch. But then the whole conversation is a comparison of yeah. her and Jesse and how yeah. she will never be able to have what Jesse has because Ever. she's already botched Ever. it. Now, look at Jesse. Nothing fake, nothing false. A diamond in a sea of glass. True beauty is the highest currency we have. Oh, without it, she would be nothing. She, yeah. she yeah. can never get it back. Maybe she yeah. had it at one point. Yeah. Um, so, so to go back <laughs> to your question earlier, Roxana, um, yeah. about whether Sarah and Gigi have um, ever encountered the Neon Demon, I would definitely say Gigi has. Mm-hmm. Gigi has mm-hmm. seen the Neon Demon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that she's had a couple of, of moments. I think that that Gigi has definitely seen the neon demon a couple of times um, mm-hmm. and the neon demon hasn't given her what right. it has given Jesse. And so if I just do this, if I just do this, right. The neon, so demon, the neon demon was also like, you're fine. I'm not going to possess you. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Exactly. But you're fine. Exactly. You're fine. You're just not my type, but you're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not me. It's not you. It's me, Gigi. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's really nothing you could do about your cheek or nose or eyeline or chin or boobs. There's nothing you could do really. Right. So William, you think that the neon demon has like passed on her. Right. So yeah, the neon demon has definitely seen Gigi and taken a pass mm. a couple of times. And I think that her I think you're right. Um, I think it's been a couple of times. A couple she's, of times. She's applied repeatedly. And I, I think that she is continuing to do what she does because she's has gotten that close and thinks that, you know, one more time, mm-hmm. it, the next time. time is going to be the time. The next time is going to be the time. And yeah. this conversation really knocks that idea out that it's no, yeah. you you don't you no longer possess what it even could even get anymore. you there. Yeah, yeah. could yeah. even get you there. And, yeah. your, and by your own self-determination, you have ruled that out. I went out for a film last week. Oh yeah, how'd it go? They said my face didn't match my voice. Oh, you can fix your face. No, don't do that. Why not? Because you can always tell when beauty is manufactured. And if you aren't born beautiful, you never will be. That's terrible. No, it's true.
right exactly she is uh she is me applying for the blue twitter chat mark <laughs> <laughs> two times so far they've been like that's not that's not for you but yeah i think that's a really i think that's a really good point it's like probably at some point before all of the plastic surgery and like mm-hmm. modifications and whatever she obviously was a very beautiful girl yes yeah yeah and at that point not good enough uh-huh. and now as you said like now her usefulness to the industry mm-hmm. when she's done all of this stuff preemptively to stay relevant yeah yeah it's like you can keep it's like you can maintain yourself for a certain period but like you can't control the new people mm-hmm. right that come into the city or into the industry mm-hmm. or into the same rooms you are like you can't control those people unless you eliminate them <laughs> which yeah. i think you're right like i think th- if we've had the sarah interaction that i don't it's not really a dinner but like the post fashion show restaurant scene is like the nail in Gigi's coffin in that relationship and then that just leaves us with Ruby which yeah well in it there I I, like just that the face the face of Elle while all of this is happening while while Gigi is being just thrown on the slab in this ultimate sense she is just delighting like the way she is staring death back at that tape which also includes the model taylor hill like the model taylor hill is just there for like fucking decoration just hanging out yeah <laughs> just chilling yeah just having yeah. like like brows that god himself had to sculpt to be real and just like watching her watch like the man is like rising to defend her honor like the boyfriend and he's trying to be protective of jesse in a way that she absolutely doesn't want like she agrees 100 percent with sarno hey let's get out of here i want to go so go she mm-hmm. is w- completely on the side of this logic, this reasoning. And he is like trying to poke holes. Boyfriend is trying to poke holes in this argument and trying to be like, don't you like, like, isn't this sick? Like, how can you live with this kind of thing? And Jesse is just like draped in the back of the booth the entire time, just like looking at all of this play out. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think it's fine. Yeah, what's just- the problem? Just I it's um it's and it's that like watching that full turnover into realizing that the benefits of the status quo are in your hand and then deciding that being a Serena Joy is the mm. way that like your life will be best. It's like, oh, like yeah, this is all like fucked, but also now that I'm now that I am kind of the cream of the crop here, well, I'm going to reap the benefits of how fucked it is. So actually, I understand that this is bad, but personally, it does benefit me. Yeah, personally, it's super working for me. Yeah. And to yeah. watch him be so disappointed in that moment, it's like a and I have such like dueling feelings about him in this moment because like he's objectively true but I'm also like listen white knight she doesn't fucking need you man <laughs> right don't tell yes. her how to be or what her values are like she's right where she you wants know what to be. what she's doing is wrong but suddenly I want her to kill you and be like I didn't need you anyway you asshole 
Like, don't Jordan, presume to make my decisions for me. Jordan is going to girl boss this murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, Jordan is going to be like, you know what? So I, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't disagree with you. It definitely, again, it, it like, it's a means of trying to like exert power over her mm-hmm. when yes. like, why, yes. like you just saw what she did. Like you just, like, it just, it raises that question in the fashion industry again of like, who holds the power yeah like, is it the people who actually i mean i say this you know try not to whatever fuck it is it the people like with the beauty right, right. i mean like is right. it the models and the people who you are like you know saying like are the ideal yeah. of what we want like is it actually those people mm-hmm. or is it like as we've discussed before like the photographer the designer yeah all these people who are like inflicting things upon them Mm -hmm. so i think it speaks and who are dictating the mores right from like like behind the the curtain yeah that like symbiotic sort of like parasitic Mm -hmm. relationship for sure but i also agree with you that like when photographer boyfriend is talking i'm like buddy what like you don't know what you're talking about yeah (laughs) you don't know what you're talking about yeah like come on like leave her alone like it's fine yeah like if you don't want to be like do leave do because like you're right so go find yourself another nice girl like child go find yourself another nice child that you can hit on that wants like a a father protector savior and that'll work out great for you in statutory rape land and just like she's on she's left you were never her boyfriend she right. uh, she tolerates you and right. you just keep doing things for her yeah <laughs> she doesn't and, need to anymore right you just keep doing things she's for her that she's not asking you for but you're presuming she wants because not just out of the goodness of your heart because you do want something in return because everybody here wants something in return so just fucking walk away but it gives us the incredible moment of when he finally confronts her of just like you really you want to be like them and mm-hmm. she just looks at him. She just looks at like there, the, the, there's so much of this movie's whole deal is like in a five minute stretch. And she's just, I don't want to be them. They want to be me. There yep. you go. Yep. And that is it. That is what <laughs> the game is for. It's not about me becoming them. It's about them deciding that I am the new blueprint. It's yeah. about them deciding that I am the new pinnacle. I am the I am the measure by which everyone is assessed. That's what I fucking want. It also feels like such a misread from him too. Yeah. That, you know, that it's like, like, wouldn't you think this was bad? Like, yeah. why would you want to be like these people? It's like, no, I, I, I've already secured my place here. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is no longer. And, you know, I think it's, you again, misinterpret me, sir. Right. I think it's him thinking this is still the little girl that I mm-hmm. met that I did a photo shoot for. And it's like, no, like she has already superseded yeah. what you were going to be. She's already reached the higher level. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to take care of her anymore. Truly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like he, you know, once that happens, it's like, he's going to dip. Like he's, yeah He's not the kind of guy that would like yeah. accept that or right. whatever so it does also feel again if we're talking about like this being jesse having a moment with everybody that feels like a turning point like yeah that feels like that turning point it's like mm-hmm. she doesn't yeah. need him anymore yeah. she doesn't want him anymore and he dips out of the narrative after that point yeah we definitely get um levels 
Mm -hmm. uh, and as Jesse levels up, we see who can hold on and mm -hmm. try to keep up with her, um, mm -hmm. and who doesn't. He has to. He has to fall off. He's he's nowhere near leveling up you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. to continue with this this. Situation. Yeah, he's going to be taking photos for Craigslist connections forever, <laughs> basically. Right. I mean, Dexter guy would probably be able to hang. Yeah. 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 But also, like, what, 20 years older than her, maybe? Yeah. So, Easily. Yeah. yeah. Easily. Not great. Not great. Not great. <laughs> now, do we, like, how do we, how do we as a people feel about Jesse? Like, at this point, are you like, go, go, Jesse? Or is it like, ooh, can't wait for well, you to come crashing fucking down? Like, how how are you feeling about Jesse in this moment? Follow like we've had the restaurant, we've had they like it's not everything, it's the only thing. I don't want to be right. them; they want to be me. Like, where are you at emotionally right. with Jesse right now? I think there are a couple of things happening that are informing me. One is that this conversation after the post um, or post catwalk. Mm -hmm. is very um nuanced so yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of things happening that i'm like um you're right <laughs> like i don't like it but you're right yeah um, yeah and so i i think that uh, certainly my first viewing um i went into this you know rooting for jesse uh -huh. and the fact that she was getting what she wanted i was like okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're fierce it's awesome I love that you're you're you know where you want to be. Uh -huh. um, it's not necessarily like she's not someone I would want to hang out with. Right. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, friends. this is the yeah. this is the <laughs> character that I'm following in this movie, and I'm happy that that she's there um, at this point. I think in subsequent viewings, I'm just like, oh, it, it's it's more sad, like I because right. I, I can see where it's going. Um, so I, this scene is just has a lot of complexities and a lot of nuance. And I kind of feel all of it at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Roxana, are you like, well, this I, fucking <sighs> asshole has it coming or? <laughs> I don't, you know, I feel like my, I feel like my opinion sort of changes each time mm -hmm. I watch because I think sort of this ties back to our conversation earlier about like, how innocent is Jesse versus yeah. how like intentional this is. Yeah, yeah. So like if I were to read her as entirely innocent, mm -hmm. I would sort of feel like, okay, like you got like caught up in it. Like, you know, it is what it is or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would feel sort of bad. Mm -hmm. But like when I'm reading it, like this bitch <laughs> yeah. knew what she was doing. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that when I read it that way, I do sort of think like, well, if like you swim with sharks, like you're gonna get fucked. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. If you mess with evil energy, <laughs> yeah. fuck you over. So I don't know. I mean, I think that like a strength of the movie, obviously, is that like you can have those varying opinions mm -hmm. because Jesse is such a cipher, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can read everything that she's yeah. doing in different various ways. Mm -hmm. So I think that I, I think there becomes a certain point in this movie when you realize that like she has to die mm -hmm. and like that's the only logical place that the story can go mm -hmm. but in this moment when she is basically telling Gigi and everybody to fuck off there is part of me that is very satisfied by it yeah but also really depressed by it because right she, right 
role playing within the terms of an industry in which she doesn't have like higher power like she doesn't have overarching power Mm -hmm. her power comes from the fact that she is now included within it not Mm -hmm. that she is a stakeholder within it right I mean like we joke a lot about girl boss energy (laughs) (laughs) but like this isn't girl boss energy right? right this is just like mean girl energy yeah so yeah I mean I think I think probably the way I feel about it is different every single time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but but always with a sense of foreboding i mean even the first time yeah even the first time that i watched it it's like you know this isn't gonna last right but how does it not last yeah what i mean um and that is just very unsettling i think and oh God, I just, I love, I love this so much that all, I love all of the feelings that are going on as the way they bubble up in the, the way they kind of like, like they coalesce in this scene. Cause it is like, exactly like you said, mm-hmm. well, given the context in which you're operating, this is the choice you have. We see what happens if you don't become this, you become a Gigi or a Sarah which doesn't necessarily have to be the end of your life. But if you desire this world, you, if you desire this lifestyle in the way that you do, that's a kind of bleak and scary prospect. The idea of like existing forever in the middle with no greater potential, like that for somebody who craves to be more than anything, to not be anonymous, to be seen, to be validated in that way, to be the center of attention, to be the sun in, you know, in the middle of winter, that is the worst, that is death. That outcome is death. And then, and you see like, but I just, I have, um, me and my friend Sam talk about this a lot. Uh, my hot people sympathy. I have a lot of hot girl sympathy and it, (laughs) it is, it, it is mostly attached to, it is largely attached to this, like, like as somebody who, again, like solid, respectable five, you know, like I, there is a level of visibility that comes with being very attractive that is itself, it is a burden and a blessing. Like mm-hmm. I uh, value, looking back in my life and my, my years, I value the, not anonymity, but the ability to sort of exist below the, below the radar of the eyes. I okay. do not back at the process of my life and the, God, I wish I'd been a fucking 10. So I could have had that 10 level attention on me at all times. And the expectation that comes with that, like the amount of advantage advances, I have not fought off just by virtue of the fact that I was less visible than the hotter friend I had with me. Like I, I appreciate, I, I, I am grateful for that lack of attention in that way, even as somebody who loves attention. I love a fucking stage. Put me on that catwalk. Get me on the karaoke. Like, get me on the karaoke stage. I want to perform. I want you looking at me. I want praise. Like, I love that shit. But I want it on my terms. And and you are more visible. The more visible you are, the more entitled to your attention and your body people feel. Women are extremely visible, point blank. No matter who you are or what you look like. As a woman, you are a sort of visible target in that way. But and the more material things you add to that level of visibility, the greater the entitlement is wealth, looks, fame. You compound all those things and suddenly you move through the world as somebody who you owe everybody around you a piece of you. And so like, yes, hotness allows you entry into circles. It allows you opportunities. It allows you, uh, you know, attention that can be beneficial, but also like. 
I've had, I remember the first time I had a conversation with a friend where I was picking them up from a, and I might've brought this up even on this podcast. I was picking them up from a, a place where they like, they took up this guy and they texted me and they were like, can you come get me? I do not want to stay the night here. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there in like 20 minutes. And she hooked up with this person before and she didn't like, it was just unsatisfying. She's like, that was not, he's not great. It, there was nothing like, there was nothing bad about, there was nothing dangerous about it. It was just like, that's underwhelming. But then she's, <laughs> she slept with him again. And I was like, you didn't even, you were not into it the first time. Like, what are you even doing here? And she just goes, sometimes it's just easier to say yes. And I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the first time in those terms that I had heard that as a not sex having person in this world. <laughs> that is a kind of experience that I am not familiar with. And then I've like, I've had this conversation around the story with a lot of people since then. And uniformly, any woman I'm talking to just goes, oh, yeah. Like definitely hundred yeah. percent. Like yeah. every one of my, um, queer and female, like queer male and like female friends, uh, every one of them agrees that they have had multiple sexual encounters in their life because it was just easier than continuing to bat down advances. And so that is like, that's, that's where the hot, hot girl sympathy comes in is the notion of, um, being so visible and being such a beacon and having like just the, Hey, you know, how many times have we all been talked to and it's, you don't talk back and they're like, wow, fine, bitch. And I'm somebody who gets a, who doesn't get that much on the scale of that kind of unsolicited attention. I can't imagine having moved through my life, having to fight off more of that. That would, how the fuck do people get anything done? Honestly, when you're famous and you're hot, how do you get anything done when people wanting that shit from you left and right in line at the grocery store at the bank? getting your car fixed is there literally there's literally no space men do not assume they can start hitting on you in and as i see this person i am so like ah, i love that she's coming into her power i'm like yes i want to see the things you're going to do with how hot you are in this fashion world but then i'm also just like people are just going to take bites of you over yeah, yeah. and over and over and over again and literally in this particular literally moment, and but they're just going to like, even if it wasn't happening, literally, figuratively, your whole pursuit that you want, that you're chasing is the pursuit of a world in which a life in which people just want to take bites of you all the time. And that just makes me feel sick and sad because I just think of like, I extrapolate that to like every woman I know and all the bites that people just constantly want to be taking out of them. It's like, fuck this is so bad. And how do you deal with that? But to steal yourself and become a calloused satan vessel right how how else do you cope with that like her only you know like yes like yes queen etc like the only (laughs) like the only comparatives we have for the future are Gigi and sarah that's it so like it's not like there's like a happy well-adjusted model (laughs) no not no we're not doing that Right. And we it's have, not, we have you know, in the Meditech sense, we have Abby Lee coming into this movie, becoming a consultant on it, being like, this is what it is. This is what it does. This is how it works. And this is somebody who is internationally famous in fashion. Abby Lee was was, was somebody at the top of like the, the model lineup. Like that is somebody who will close a show. That is a face around which campaigns are organized. And she's like, this is how fucked up it is. This is how brutal it is. Like she's coming in to be like, here's how it will kill you. And I am one of the best you can be. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, well, we we went to like a dark ass place. But yeah, I mean, that's 
that's basically where it is is it's like it's not gonna end you know again it's not just carly Kloss, uh you know posting happy times on instagram (laughs) (laughs) no it's not just carly Um, (laughs) but i do think it is one of those things again where it's like you know when you're watching it there's that sense of like you know you don't necessarily think she's gonna die i mean i don't think any of us assumed that watching it the first time it's not like that right at least not like that but you do assume something bad will happen yeah because like there are so many options for something (laughs) bad to happen so yeah i mean this is very much that definitive turning point of like okay this movie is going to become something else Uh uh-huh yeah you don't quite know what that's gonna be but it's gonna become something else yeah because up until this point, we're watching her try to get there. And when she's there, where do you go next? Yeah. Um, yeah. All, all the options are frightening. All of the characters we've met so far are frightening. Um, <laughs> yes. So where do you go? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I think that is, that is an ideal, that is an ideal setup to go into our, our outro because that teases the, where does this go next? We will talk about where mm-hmm. it goes next and okay so then what is our next what is the next one then does that bring us to the, the I think house that brings us yeah i think that brings us to the house that yeah, brings us to one, the feast the next one is you're a dangerous girl you're a dangerous girl all right so then that that sets us up very effectively for what comes next which is you're a dangerous girl jesse my mom always said you're a dangerous girl and that. I mean, it's it's all coming together. It's all coming together in that episode. Um, yeah. So, God, the pivot has happened. We're in the new movie. We have the new Jessie. Um, and I do want to be her. She's right. I do. I do. I want to be her. <laughs> You're um, like, I'm not arguing. It yeah, <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. I'm, I mean, if I could, if I could pick, I, I, I'll be Sarah. Um, but (laughs) I'll be, I'll be Abby Lee, but for the, uh, neon demon purposes of it, like, yeah, you're right, Jesse, I do. Um, and that's even with everything I just said about hot girl sympathy. I'm like, oh, I'll take the bargain. Like, yep, here I am target audience 100%. Um, so, uh, would you like to then tell the people where to find you and your work in the meantime, my friends, Mm. William, you can go first. Uh, you can find me anywhere on social media at William O. Tyler, um, patreon.com slash William O. Tyler, or um, hosting Cinephilia every Monday with uh, Perception Studio. All righty, Roxana. Um, you can find me at a variety of places online. At you can find Vagiva. her with the cicadas. Yeah, I'm with the cicadas, <laughs> dear God. Um, <laughs> you can find me a variety of places online, Pajiba AV Club polygon vulture crooked marquee um part of the easiest thing to do would be to follow me on twitter which is roxana underscore hadati and i am jordan cruciola you can find me on twitter at jorcru j-o-r-c-r-u hear me talk about more horror material on ots Tyrion and disaster movies on disaster girls and yeah and then i i as always i'm looking so forward to digging into our next installment together um you're a dangerous girl here on the neon demon hole movie pod you want to be me